the preface of lives of the most remarkable criminals volume two this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. lives of the most remarkable criminals volume two by author l hayward the preface in the preface to my former volume i endeavoured to give my readers some idea of the english crown law in order to show how consistent it was with right reason how perfectly just and at the same time how full of mercy in this i intend to pursue the thread of that discourse and explain the methods by which justice in criminal cases is to be sought and the means afforded by our law to accuse the guilty and to prevent punishment from falling on the innocent in order to do this the more regularly it is fit we begin with the apprehension of offenders and show the care of the legislature in that respect in sudden injuries such as assaults on the highway attempts to murder or commit any felony whatsoever there is no necessity for any legal officer to secure the person who is guilty for every private man hath sufficient authority to seize and bring such criminal either to a constable or to a justice of the peace in order to have the fact clearly examined and such course taken therein as may conduce to the impartial distribution of justice and because men are apt to be scrupulous of interesting themselves in matters which do not immediately concern either their persons or their properties so the law hath provided punishments for those who for fear of risking their private safety or advantage suffer those who offend against the public to escape unpunished hence hundreds are liable to be sued for suffering a robber to escape and that method of pursuit which is called hue and cry is permitted if no probable way may be left for felons to escape now a hue and cry is raised thus the person robbed for example goes to the constable of the next town tells him the case described the felon and the way he went whereupon the constable be it day or night is to take the assistance of those in his own town and pursue him according to those directions immediately at the same time sending with the utmost expedition to the neighbouring towns who are to make like pursuit and to send like notice until the felon be found so desirous is our law of bringing offenders to justice and of preserving the roads free from being infected with these vermin for better effecting of this besides those means prescribed by the customs of our ancestors of later times rewards have been given to such as hazarded by their own persons in bringing offenders to justice and of these as far as they are settled by acts of parliament and thereby rendered certain and perpetual i shall speak here though not of those given by proclamation because they being only for a stated time people must hereafter have been misled by our account when that time is expired highwaymen becoming some time after the revolution exceedingly bold and troublesome by an act made in the reign of william and mary a reward of forty pounds is given for apprehending any one in england or wales and prosecuting him as so to be convicted which forty pounds is to be paid by the sheriff on a certificate of the judge or justices before whom such a felon was convicted 
and in case a person shall be killed in endeavouring to apprehend or making pursuit after such robbers the said forty pounds shall be paid to the executors or administrators of such persons upon the like certificate moreover every person who shall take apprehend or convict such a person shall have as a reward the horse furniture arms money or other goods of such robber as shall be taken with him the right or title of his majesty's body's politic or corporation lords of manners or persons lending or letting the same to such robber notwithstanding excepting only the right of those from whom such horses furniture arms money or goods were before feloniously taken a like reward of forty pounds was by another act in the same reign given to such as shall apprehend any person convicted of any capital crime relating to the coin of this land by an act also made in the reign of the late king william persons who apprehend and prosecute to conviction any who feloniously steal goods to the value of five shillings out of any house shop warehouse coach-house or stable or shall assist hire or command any person to commit such offence then such person so taking as aforesaid shall have a certificate gratis from the judge or justices expressing the parish or place where such felony was committed which certificate shall be capable of being once assigned over and shall exempt its proprietor or assignee from all parish and ward offices in the parish or ward wherein the felony was committed by an act in the fifth year of the late queen persons apprehending one guilty of burglary or of feloniously breaking into a house in the daytime and prosecuting to conviction shall receive over and above the certificate before mentioned the sum of forty pounds as in the case of apprehending an highwayman by an act passed in the sixth year of the late king whoever shall discover apprehend or prosecute to conviction without benefit of clergy any person for taking money or other reward directly or indirectly to help persons to their stolen goods such persons not having apprehended the felon who stole the same and brought him to trial and given evidence against him shall be entitled to a reward of forty pounds for every offender so convicted and shall have the like certificate and like payment without fee as persons may be entitled to for apprehending highwaymen the next point after offenders are once apprehended is to carry them before a proper magistrate viz a justice of the peace and this leads us to say something of the nature and authority of that office my lord chancellor or lord keeper of the great seal the lord high steward of england the lord marshal and the lord high constable each of the justices of the king's bench and as many say the high lord treasurer of england have as incidental to their offices a general authority to keep the peace throughout the realm and to award process for their surety thereof and to take recognizances for it the master of the rolls has also a like power either incident to his office or at least by prescription as to the ordinary constructors or justices of the peace they are constituted by the king's commission 
which is at present granted on the same form as was settled by the judges in the thirty-third year of Queen Elizabeth, by which they are appointed and assigned every one of them jointly and separately to keep the king's peace in such a county, and caused to be kept all statutes made for the good of the peace and the quiet government of the kingdom, as well within liberties as without, and to punish all those who shall offend against the said statutes and to cause all those who come before them or any of them who threaten any people as to the burning of their houses in order to compel them to be kept in prison until they shall find it as to the other powers committed to these justices it would be too long for me to explain them and therefore after this general act i shall go on to take notice of the manner in which the person accused is treated when brought before them first the justice of the peace examines as carefully as he can into the nature of the offence and the weight there is of evidence to persuade him of the just ground there is for accusing the person before him and after he has thoroughly considered this if the thing appear frivolous or ill-grounded he may discharge the person or if he think the circumstances strong enough to require it he may take the bail of the party accused or if the nature of the crime is more heinous and the proof direct and clear he is bound by an instrument under his hand and seal called mitimus to commit the offender to safe custody until he is discharged according to law in carrying to prison for any crime whatsoever if the party so carried escape himself or if he be rescued by others he and they are guilty of a very high misdemeanor and in some cases those who assist in making the rescue may be guilty of felony or high treason but if a prisoner be once committed to jail for felony and afterwards break that prison and escape such breach of prison is felony by the statute defragnibus prisonum and shall be tried for the same as in other cases of felony and suffer on conviction my readers will find mention made of a case of this nature in respect to one roger johnson who some years ago was tried for breaking the prison of newgate while he remained a prisoner there under a charge of felony and making his escape but so tender is the english law that when there appeared a probability that one fisher not then taken broke down the wall of the prison and that johnson took advantage of that hole and made his escape he was found not guilty for want of due proof that he actually did break that hole through which he escaped the prisoner being in safe custody a bill is next to be preferred to the grand jury of the county in which the nature of the crime is properly set forth and after hearing the evidence brought by the prosecutor to support the charge they return the bill to the court marked bill of era or ignoramus in the first case the prisoner is required to be tried by the petite jury of twelve and to abide their verdict in case of the latter he is to be discharged and freed from that prosecution but the grand jury must find or not find the bill entire for a bill of era to one part and an ignoramus to another renders the whole proceeding void and is of the same use to the prisoner as if they had returned an ignoramus upon the whole many without knowing the law have taken occasion to be very free with its precedents and to treat them as things written in barbarous latin 
in which an unreasonable if not ridiculous nicety is sometimes required but when this comes to be thoroughly examined we shall find that the proceedings are exactly conformable to reason for if care and circumspection be necessary in deeds and writings relating to civil affairs ought it not a fortiori to be more so where the life liberty reputation and everything that is dear and valuable to the subject is at stake therefore since there are technical words in all sciences surely the law is not to be blamed for preserving certain words to which they have affixed particular and determined meanings for the expressing of such crimes as are made more or less culpable by the legislature thus murdravit is absolutely necessary in an indictment charging the prisoner with murder kaipit is the term made use of in indictments of larceny mehemavit expresses the fact charge in an indictment of maine felonies is absolutely necessary in all indictments of felony of what kind soever burglarider is the latin word made use of to express that breaking which from particular circumstances our law has called burglary and appointed certain punishment for those who are guilty thereof Praditori expresses the act of indictment of treason and even if these are not latin words justified by the usage of roman authors the certainty which they give to those charges in which they are used and which could not be so well expressed by circumlocutions is a full answer to that objection since the proceedings before a court aim not at elegancy but at justice but let us now go on to the next step taken to bring the offenders to judgment the bill having been found by the grand jury the prisoners brought into the court where he is to be tried and set to the bar in the presence of the judges who are to try him then he is usually commanded to hold up his hand but this being only a ceremony to make the person known to the court may be admitted or the person indicating saying i am here will answer the same end then the proper officer reads the indictment which has been found against him in english and when he hath so done he demands of the prisoner whether he be guilty or not guilty of the fact alleged against him to which the prisoner answers as he thinks fit and this answer is styled his plea the tenderness which the english law on occasions expresses towards those who are to be brought to answer for crimes alleged against them requires that this arraignment the prisoner be totally free from any pain or duress which may disturb his thought and hinder his liberty of pleading as he thinks fit and for this reason even in cases of high treason irons are taken off during the time the prisoner is at the bar where he stands without any marks of contumely whatsoever but in case the prisoner absolutely refuses to answer or an impertinent manner delay or trifle with the court then he is deemed a mute but if he speaks not at all nor gives any sign by which the court shall be satisfied that he is able to speak then an inquest of officers that is of twelve persons who happen to be by are to inquire whether his standing mute arises from his contempt of the court or be really an infirmity under which he labours from the hands of god if it be found the latter then the court as counsel for the prisoner shall hear the evidence with relation to the fact and proceed therein as if the prisoner had pleaded not guilty 
but if on the contrary the court or the inquest shall be satisfied that the prisoner remains a mute only from obstinacy then in some cases judgments shall be awarded against him as if he had pleaded or were found guilty and in others he shall be remitted to his penance that is to suffer what the law calls pene forte indore which is pressing of which the readers will find an account in the subsequent life of burnworth alias fraser and therefore i shall not treat further of it here if from conviction of his own guilt and a consciousness that it may be fully proved against him the prisoner plead guilty to the indictment it is considered as the highest species of conviction and as soon as it is entered on the record the court proceeds to judgment without further proceedings on the indictments but if the prisoner plead not guilty and put himself for trial upon his country then a jury of twelve men are to pass upon the defendant and upon their verdict he is either to be acquitted or convicted and with respect to this jury the english law appears again more equitable than perhaps any other in the world for in this case as the jury comes severally to the book to be sworn to try impartially between the king and the prisoner of the bar according to the evidence that is given upon the indictment the prisoner is even then at liberty to accept against or as the law terms it to challenge twenty of the jury peremptorily and as many more as he thinks fit on showing just cause so also if the prisoner be an alien the jury are to be half aliens and half english so tender is our constitution not only the lives of its natural-born subjects but also of those who put themselves under its protection that it has taken every precaution which the wit of man could devise to prevent prejudice partiality or corruption from mingling in any degree with the sentences pronounced upon offenders or in the proceedings upon which they are founded last of all we are to speak of the evidence or testimony which is to be given for or against the prisoner at the time of his trial and first with respect to the evidence offered for the crown if it shall appear that the person swearing shall gain any great and evident advantage by the event of trial in which he swears he shall not be admitted as a good witness against the prisoner thus in the case of rhodes tried some years ago for forging letters of attorney for transferring south sea stock belonging to one mr hasham the prosecutor mr hasham was not admitted to swear himself against the prisoner because in case of conviction six thousand pounds of stock must have replaced to his account but to this though a general rule there are some exceptions on which the compass of discourse will not permit us to dwell it is also a rule that a husband or wife cannot be admitted to testify against the prisoner but to this also there are some exceptions as in the lord audley's case footnote this was mervyn lord audley second earl of castlehaven a man of loathsome profligacy who was tried by his peers on charges of unnatural offences and executed in sixteen thirty one and footnote where he was charged with holding his lady until his servant committed a rape upon her by his command also in marriages contracted by force against the form of the statute in that case it is provided that the woman though a wife may be admitted as evidence 
as also in some other cases which we have not room to mention persons convicted of perjury forgery etc are not to be admitted as legal witnesses but that the record of their contrition must be produced at the time the objection is made for the court will take no notice of hearsay and common fame in such respect an infidel also that is one who believes neither the old nor new testament cannot be a witness and some other disabilities there are which being uncommon we shall not dwell upon here yet it is necessary to take notice that whatever is offered as proof against the defendant shall be heard openly before him that he may have an opportunity of falsifying it if he be able and as in all cases except high treason no counsel is permitted to the prisoner except in matters of law because every man is supposed to be capable of defending himself as to matters of fact yet the court is always counsel for the prisoner and never fails of instructing and informing him of whatever may conduce to his benefit or advantage and if any difficult points of law arise counsel are assigned to him and are permitted to argue in his behalf with the same freedom that those who do are appointed by the crown from this succinct account of the method in use in england of doing justice in criminal cases i flatter myself my readers will very clearly see how valuable those privileges are which we enjoy as englishmen how equitable the proceedings of our courts of justice and how well constructed every part of our constitution is for the preservation of lives and liberties of its subjects if there remained room for us to compare the judicious proceedings in use here with those slight rigorous and summary methods which are practised in other countries the value of these blessings which we enjoy would be considerably enhanced but as this preface already exceeds its intended length we must refer this to a more proper opportunity and conclude with putting our readers in mind that by the careful perusal of this and the preface to the first volume they will have competent notion of the crown law the reasons on which it is founded the method in which it is prosecuted and the judgments on criminals which are inflicted thereby matters highly useful in themselves as well as absolutely necessary to be known in order to a proper understanding of the following pages end of the preface